episode 52 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm John O. We've been uh, watching Lego Friends, um, the cartoon with Audrey. Yeah, and I was like working on my emails, and um, Phil was in the background singing it over and over again, and now it's like totally stuck in my it's, head. It's definitely one of those earworm, like it's super catchy. Just, if you guys want to get a song stuck in your head, look up the Lego Friends theme song on YouTube, and that thing will get in your brain like instantly. I'll just sing it for you. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. Me and my girls. Whoa, oh, oh, oh. Um, also, of we're note. Best friends forever. Oh, yeah. Me and my girls were best friends forever. Also, of note, the Barbie TV show has the same lyrics of Me and My Girls, but that one is. Oh, no, we were. We were mixing them up. No. Me and my girls. Oh, 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 oh. Me and my girls. We're best friends forever. No, that's a different one. The no. Barbie one. Lego is that. What's the Barbie one? I don't know the Barbie one. Me and my girls. The oh, 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 is Barbie. No? No. We were me just and my girls. No, because me, me and my girls are best, best friends forever. forever. And then the me and, and my, my girls. Oh, 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 yeah. oh. That's Barbie. Yeah. I don't know. I'm getting them mixed up. But Barbie and Lego Friends have very similar and equally um, earwormy songs. Well, you know, speaking of which, let's get right into this episode. All right. We have a very special episode this time. Um, we Our last episode, as you know, we were on vacation and uh, we did like a mid-vacation one. And we had so much stuff to talk about on our trip. Plus, we got to talk with our super cute children which I hope you guys enjoyed because uh, it was like oh, one of my favorite enjoyed. episodes ever. I think we got some good feedback on it and stuff. So, uh, but because of all that, we did not have time to get to this mail, which is now some of this these this listener mail is like over a month old now. So we apologize for that. And this episode is going to be entirely dedicated to the large volume uh, backlog of listener mail. Um, and maybe a little couple other bonus things thrown in there. And then we our next episode will be our our wrap up of our vacation, vacation and our other wrap up stuffs. So um, let's jump into some mail. You got mail. All right. So um, we've got some mail from uh, Amy. Amy. And she used the website. Yes, that's right. It was from our uh, our contact form. And while you mention that, before we get into these, if you guys would like to write a letter to us, it is mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com, or you can use the contact form on our page, mandarinorangeshow.com, and then uh, go from there. So, a while back, we were talking about Phil's sister's Amy's bird. Yes. My sister's name is Amy, and she has a bird. Named Ash. And I said I thought that it was named after Pokemon. But we were wrong, because it's... this is her response. Hi, this is Amy. I named Ash after a British YouTuber, not Pokemon. And that's it. <laughs> that's all. Well, that makes sense, because my sister is, what is she? Is she f- 14? 14 now, am I right? 
My goodness, is that right? No. Yeah, she'll be 15. That's not possible. Yeah. She's tiny. She's my little baby sister. <laughs> She's your cowboy dinosaur. She is. You've told the story of cowboy no, dinosaur. No, I don't know if she wants me to. I don't want to embarrass her. Okay. I'll ask her. I'll see if she'll let. Or right. if she'll let me. Amy, write us back on the comment. Content yes. Form. Am I allowed to tell say the story? Yay or nay? Um, that is my. I'll say that's my nickname for her. Yeah. Um, and I have that. Like when she calls me on my phone, it says cowboy dinosaur. In my phone. Such a cute sister-brother story. So, anyway, um, it makes sense because she's, you know, in that, like, young teen age. And from what I understand, like, their celebrities are YouTubers now. No, they don't know. I mean, There's no question. That's like my students don't even know of movie stars yeah. anymore. Well, and if you listen to, like, that Alex P. Keaton one that I did um, a couple episodes ago where I talked to Josh Holes, mm-hmm. um... He didn't know who Tom Hanks was. No. Like, and it's just crazy. Like, they, they, their celebrities are YouTube and internet personalities. And I, I get it. I mean, there's people that I know from the internet that I think are cool, but I still have this, like, I guess old perspective on, yeah, like, like, the, the Hollywood types. Yeah. So. It was funny because um, I had a kid come up to me today. One of my students came up to, day, to me today and. What they do is they go home and they watch their different YouTube channels. He, in particular, was watching, I think, like, Vimeo or something. Okay. And he said he was watching a show and he got so excited because an advertisement for Biola University came on. (laughs) And that is our class college because I went there. And I went there. And you went there. And we met there. And he was just like, and they they said you should come to college here, and I was just so excited. I didn't even mind that it was interrupting my Vimeo <laughs> show, so. That's cute. Yeah. So all right, well now we know the story of Ash. Up next, we have our old friend Lane. I think Amy's might have been the oldest, but Lane wrote shortly thereafter. Yeah. This was like I don't know four weeks ago. So again, we apologize for the time, but the delay. <laughs> It's been vacation, you know. That's how we roll in the Vecchio household. Mm-hmm. So Lane writes, oh, because we were talking about, he was asking about weird movies, and then he made a comment about a movie and we didn't understand, but the movie is called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. It's an Iranian vampire movie, which is exceptionally strange. Most of its strangeness is due to its foreignness. Oh, I think this is another one that he dictated, by the way. Mm-hmm. Because He's, I remember you saying you did. Yeah, yeah. So there's some good, fun little typos in here, too. But uh, Or, I guess, soundos. What do you call that when someone dictates it? It's not a typo. He's not typing. A soundo. There's a soundo. I'm, I'm coining the phrase right now. There's some good sound, <laughs> soundos in here. Um, it has a seven or eight minutes long dance sequence where the tween girl vampire and a young boy are swaying quietly to weird semi-pop music in a basement. And I think in the final 20 minutes, there are zero words spoken. Most of what I remember is it having some exceptionally disturbing visuals in the background, but very little happening in the foreground. It's very long periods of silence, and it really slow builds to weird payoffs. A few times in the movie, you are just following her walking or skateboarding through her community where she walks over a bridge over a gully that is apparently a mass grave filled with corpses. One time there is a person rolling a nude corpse into the mass grave of a dried out river underneath the bridge. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes and apparently people absolutely love it, but I must not understand Iranian cinema. (laughs) 
so yeah, based on that description, um, I, I'm not sure that's one I would run out for. So fill fill me in. I'm like trying to think back to three weeks ago when. Well, Lane wrote and asked about. I think it was Lane that wrote. Well, now I might be uh, somebody wrote. I'm pretty sure it was Lane, and asked us what's the weirdest movie. Uh, that okay. we had seen, so we were talking about weird movies. See, it must have been Lane, because he was talking about that. Yeah, that's it. That makes sense now. This is what happens when we don't like so respond to our listeners right away. Fill everybody in. We Lane had asked us what like the weirdest movie we liked was, or yes, and remember that I brought up, of course, the Beer Drinker's Guide to Fitness and Filmmaking, right. which if anyone out there ever watches, I must hear from you because. The only people I know that have ever seen it are people I've forced to watch on my VHS copy. Phil likes to force people to watch movies. <laughs> it's not really so much... It's things. more coerced, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's not like I physically strapped them down, but I can be very convincing when I want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to, like, being lazy. <laughs> relaxing. Phil and his brother Matthew. I, I mean, like, he... Matthew comes over, says he can only stay a little bit, and Phil makes it his goal. <laughs> not like intentionally. To like get him to stay. Like, it's not intentional. I may or may not have a pile of things ready to go and people come over and I know what will keep just, them like, interested. And he just like dangles the carrot in front of whatever. That is why mom left without waking you up this morning because she knew. Uh, whatever, mom. Okay, so my mom like did a spontaneous. You know, she spent the night on her couch last night because she was down, and my dad couldn't make it to pick her up, and blah, blah blah. So she told me about this show, which is amazing, by the way, and you have to watch it with me. Yes, it's called. Um, she kept calling it Law and Order, and then yeah, I was, like, Law and, and then Order. I was calling it Law and Order, but it's called Trial and Error. And it's not the old Jeff Daniels, Michael Richards, and Charlie Steron movie where they shoot toilets in the, the desert. new show on NBC. It's got John Lithgow and Hunter from The Office and a bunch of other awesome people. Oh, and Mr. Rosso from um, Freaks from and Freaks and Geeks. Geeks. And it's amazing. It's like it's like mockumentary style, like The Office or Parks and Rec kind of thing. And it's fantastic. Um, but anyway, she told me about it, and she got me to watch all six episodes that are out last night. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, there's 20 minutes, so it was a couple hours, but still. You really are still spring break, Phil. Oh, oh I definitely am. <laughs> well, you have to wake up and take me to work tomorrow. I know, that's going to so. be rough. <laughs> it's going to be a hard dose of reality there. Um, all right, well, moving along in Lane's letter here, he said... Um, Here's would run tomatoes have to say again some good soundos. The first Iranian this rotten tomatoes is what it says. The first Iranian vampire western ever made. Anna Lily Amapur's debut basks in the sheer pleasure of pulp, a joyful mashup of genre, archetype, and icon- iconography. Iconography, whatever. Iconographic, iconography. Sure. Its prolific influences span spaghetti westerns, graphic novels, horror films, and the Iranian New Wave. So there you go. If you're interested, if that if that description makes you say, "I gotta go out to the Red Box and catch that one," <laughs> be my guest. 
Interesting. Uh, yeah. The Swiss Army Man is one that I people have been bugging me to see. I know you refuse. No, it looks like a f- freak show. Brendan has said <laughs> I would like it. Lane's recommended. But he's a Swiss Army Man is my movie of the year 2016 edition. It is beautiful and sorrowful and silly and fun. I cried at a few points in the movie and again just loved every second of it. Janelle, if you can get past just a little weirdness, it is an incredible movie. Uh, it gave me the creeps. All right, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I may have to watch it and see if it's something that I know. Because I know Janelle's tastes pretty well. Yeah. And Feel I will know. Be my screener. Because, like, the show last night, I, you know, I mean, my mom just said, oh, it's this one about this guy who gets in trouble with the law, and you guys will like it. And the second, like, two minutes into the episode, I'm like, oh, my gosh, Janelle must watch this. This is, like, one of the greatest yeah. things ever. I know, and I guarantee you, when you watch it, you will feel that you way. You have to do that with Logan, too. Especially yeah. so you could tell me the parts that I have to look away. David says he thinks that you're just not going to want to watch it at all. Because, so. as you know, I can't stand neck-cracking headshots. Those are your least favorite genres? Those are my least favorite genres of movies. Was there another one, too? I can't remember. I don't know. I'm sure there's others. Yeah. But, um, anyway, back to Lane. What was your top movie of 2016 or one you remember most fondly or clearly? You can expand to top five. Top one is too hard. What's yours from 2016? You want to um, run down? You want me to show you a list of them so you have like a fair? Or do you remember? You have a list of them? On IMDb, I can show you in two seconds. Well, I think I know. Okay. Um, my top movie of 2016 was Hidden Figures. Hmm. I already said it was my top movie of 2016. It had all the emotions. It did. It did. Spanned them all. Okay, well, without cheating then and looking at IMDb or anything, just to get, or, you know, Rotten, or Box Office, or what's it it called? Hidden Figures should have won Best Picture, in my opinion, but to be fair, I didn't see all the movies. So other top ones of mine? Can I guess what yours is? Yeah. Florence Foster Jenkins. That is definitely on my list. (laughs) Florence Foster Jenkins definitely wins my number one most underrated movie of the year. Like, that movie did not get recognized. I could agree with that. Um, And I did love Hidden Figures, too. It's not that I didn't. And of the ones that were in the running, I definitely think it should have won. But I feel like Florence Foster Jenkins should have been in that running, too. Um, But I also loved Rogue One. And that's definitely up there for me. Um, and I know that there's others that I'm like totally like blanking on. There was a couple of good, um, like Moana came out, which was really good. I liked that a lot. I really liked, um, Elvis. Oh, and Elvis Nixon. and Nixon. All right. So I'm going to edit this real fast. Okay. But we're going to pick, we're going to peek at the list. I will cut away and we'll come back and, um, we'll see if we have any to add there. Let's see, the easiest way is box office mojo. 2016. Boom. This is an order of box office, but it tells you the list. Finding Dory. Oh, Civil War. Jungle Book. Zootopia. I'm going to mention Civil War and Finding Dory. Doctor Strange. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Other ones that I liked, but yeah, I'm not but... seeing. Oh, Arrival was really good, too. I don't know if that... 
Oh, Miss Peregrine. Oh, the accountant. Definitely the accountant. Ooh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah. I really like Now You See Me Too. The boss was fun. Why him was silly. My big fat Greek wedding, too, was a piece of turd that I <laughs> forgot even that we saw. Like, seriously. Oh, the PFG good. was really good, too. Manchester West, he was yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, Hail Caesar. Oh, and look at that. Florence Foster Jenkins. Let me 27 million. Ridiculous. Bridget Jones's baby. That was horrible. I watched that on the airplane. Oh, my gosh. How many movies came out last year? All right, well, we got the idea. Middle school, the worst years of my life. Only made 20 mil? Yeah. Are they not remaking anymore? I don't know. What was the budget on that, though? 8.5 million budget, so okay. they'll make more. And, and what did it make worldwide? 23 million, but still, that's enough to make more. Edge of 17. Oh, Edge, Eddie the Eagle was really good. Masterminds. Oh, my oh, word. Really like I love Masterminds. Maybe I'm not going to edit this. Maybe I'll just leave our little looking at the list thing. I'm just going to leave it, because that way you guys can hear our whole list. So, I didn't edit. Sorry. Love and Friendship was entertaining. Which one was Love and Friendship? I don't the, even... Um, the Jane Austen one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Um, as we get down lower, there's less movies that um, we saw, I think. Queen of Catway. Queen of Catway. Also highly underrated. My goodness. Why didn't more people see that? Um, the U.S. release of The Lobster. <laughs> well, that's just the way A that... hologram for the king. Oh. Yeah. Also highly underrated. Made ever so much more than Swiss Army Man. <laughs> um, I think that's probably... Oh, we saw Midnight Special. That was good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but Josh really liked it. Josh doesn't listen to our show anymore. <laughs> Maybe he did. I just said it for him. Maybe he will. He mentioned my other show on his show. so I heard. All right. I think that's probably the bottom of the That'll list. I'm not going to go through. But that's that's our other honorable mentions there. Um, so this has been Phil and Janelle. Read a list on Box Office <laughs> Mojo. Well, I'm still sticking with Hidden Figures. After looking at that, it's oh, that's tough. I hate. I mean, I love making lists, but I also hate being asked to do like a top one. Like I can include all those and say, okay, that's my list you of have favorites. To. You have to pick one. But if I have to pick one, gosh, because there is some great stuff in there. I there mean, can only be one winner of Phil's heart. Uh, but they all win my heart. You can't be a I movie have, polygamist. I have Phil. room in my heart for all of them. You can't be a movie polygamist. Um, I guess if I had to, if you're going to force me to pick something, I guess I would say, I don't know, I might say Florence, Florence Foster, Foster Jenkins. Jenkins. I might. I know But it. Rogue One is probably right behind it, and then Civil War is like right there. All right. If it makes you feel better to it be does. a polygamist. It does. And then Masterminds, and oh my gosh, I love so many movies that came out. I like movies, guys. All right. Um, he said, he even said in his thing, you can expand to top five. Top one is too hard. See, Lane, Lane gave Lane me. Lane knows you. He That's does. Why. He, he knows I have a hard time with that. So, which 
Luke is the same way. That's why our child can't pick his favorite. I know, I know. Because he's because like, like we'll you. go. Let's say we go to Disneyland and we'll say, "What was your favorite ride today?" And he goes, "I don't I know." He like gets real stressed about it. Sometimes, sometimes he'll like have like a real obvious one, but if there's even like a slight question in his mind, I was super surprised on the last show when you asked him what his favorite thing we've done that he jumped to the Statue of Liberty because he doesn't usually do that. Yeah, well, I think, though, he's a good performer, and he knows, like, all right, I'm on the show. I gotta do this. I'm, I'm on. Because if he was off, he'd just be like, everything. Yeah. I like everything I like it all. Equally. I can't decide. And I understand that. I understand that feeling, because I like a lot of stuff. All right. All right, and then um, Lane wrote just, like, a little follow-up one, um, like, a little bit later since we hadn't responded to that one, and he said... I'm always looking forward to more Bachelor talk. That's all. Well, the finale happened. Why don't you give us a quick one since Lane requested it in the letters. So, um, The Bachelor is over. We gotta wait until mid-May for The Bachelorette to start. But, um, he chose Vanessa, the Canadian from Montreal. Vanessa Bayer? No, her name is not Vanessa Bayer. Vanessa Hudgens? Vanessa Grimaldi. Oh. Um, it was kind of like lame because they they want to like confuse you because if you know too early on, then you're not gonna. What's the point of watching it? Yeah, what's the point of watching it? I would ask that question from episode one, but continue. (laughs) So they only showed like the negative parts of their relationship. Like, they only showed her crying and saying, like, why are you still dating other women, blah, blah, blah. Like, don't you love me? I, like, don't you want to marry me? And she was always just, like, whining where the other girl, they, like, showed him, like, playing with husky puppies with her and ice skating. And Ugh. they went to Finland, Lapland, I Finland. I got some bile in my throat when you said that. It was just, like... And then, like, so you're not excited because you're like, well, he looks so much happier with the other girl. But. It's very disappointing. It is. So. And then you watch, like, 20 hours of Bachelor follow-up stuff. Like, well, Jimmy Kimmel really, and all that. it was really, like, fun because. After the rose. Phil's mom came down and we watched the finale together. So we had three hours. No. Four hours, I think. It was so great. Just Bachelor, Bachelor, Bachelor. So they do the two-hour finale, and then they do the hour long after the final rose. And then um, Chris Harrison, the host, kept saying, like, on the after the final rose, like, stay tuned. We have, like, a very, like, history-making thing we're going to do. And so they brought out the next Bachelorette. Remember I told you she was the first... You know, Black Bachelorette. She came out and they said, we're starting your season right now. What? Yeah. So they rolled in some like mansion backdrops and she got to meet her first four guys in front of a live studio audience. Now, let me ask you, like, did they, how are they choosing the guys? Is it the same ratio of white, white dudes, the black dudes in it now? In this. It was two black guys and two white guys. I mean, they've got some very, like, they've set themselves up for some major, uh-huh. like, issues just by the way that they've run for so long. 
and the lack of diversity they've had. I can't believe I know this, but I'm just telling you. So now that they're doing this, like, they have to do it right, or it could really backfire. Well, and then, like, so they started shooting her season, like, I want to say, like, a week ago. Well, Ellen just had her, the new Bachelorette, on her show, and she was on a date with, like, six of her guys. So you got to see a sneak peek? So we got to see, like, six other guys, and most of them were white. It was, like, two different black guys, but then, like, four white guys. Huh. I don't know. You you know what I mean, though? Like, there's just... They've set themselves up for, like... the cards to come crashing down. It'll I be, just don't know. It'll be interesting. I can't believe I can't believe it took them this long to like to do that. Well, can I just tell you like when she meets the four guys, it was like painfully ill. Okay. One of the white guys said No, I can't even stand it. I'm it's cringing. really cringeworthy. It's like okay. gross. You'll throw up in your mouth a little. One of the white guys said I'm blah, 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 and I'm ready to go black and never come back. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Did they just escort him off the stage right there? I mean, she was like, ah. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. They should just scrap it now. Like, they've already, they've, there's there's no coming back. I, I was like, Mom and I were like, ugh. So... But then she did really have good chemistry with one of them. But the problem is that it, because they went... How many seasons is this now? This is will be... Well... I know it's like more than one a year, but approximately. It's like season 10 or 11 of The Bachelorette, but... Right, but then how the many Bachelors? Bachelors, like season 21, I think. So total, they've done 21 seasons. No, plus the 10 So they've done like 31 seasons. Plus so, they do a Bachelor in Paradise. But that's like multiple people, isn't it? Yeah. So, but when would they have the, one, the one central person? The one central person. There's like you're thirty gonna seasons. Over thirty seasons. Of so it. because they went thirty, if they had just done sometime within the first, you know, five or six, and they'd started some diversity right away, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Then no. it wouldn't be. But because they've gone thirty seasons and only and had you know ninety percent white people, mm-hmm. then it becomes a race thing. And it becomes weird, and it puts so much weird pressure and tension on and that poor girl, because mm-hmm. there's going to be white dudes that are saying weird stuff, and then there's going to be, like, weird pressure, and, ooh, who's she going to pick? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Whereas if it had just been naturally presented as, hey, these are people, and there's all different types, and, you know, blah, 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 yeah. but that they've made it into a race thing, and that's just so uncomfortable yeah. and, and bad. Oh. We'll see. The, the lead girl... Is like one of the coolest people I've ever seen on the show. She's like an attorney. She's so they just chose like well. Earth. But I'm uh, saying I'm not saying that they shouldn't have picked her. I'm saying they set themselves up by going thirty seasons. No, but I'm saying like maybe she could save it, maybe even she's with so cool. these like creepos. Yeah, because you could tell she was like, get this, get this guy off the stage. Like, are you kidding me? But she was very, she was very she, awesome about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I would say it'll be interesting to see how it turns out, but I, I couldn't say that honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that we got some updates. But from it'll you. just be sad because you won't hear me talk about Bachelor or Bachelorette related stuff until May. 
That's when it comes out. And then yeah, That's like and then four it weeks, plays. It plays over the summer, and we're gonna be gone for a month. You don't have it in Europe. I don't think you can watch it in Europe. I couldn't watch it in Canada. Man, what are you gonna do? Be so like when we're on the flight home and we could like log into our internet. I don't know. We'll see. So we're going to a trip. For a month to Europe, and your biggest concern is how will I watch The Bachelor? I think I'll make it back for the finale. Okay. The finale is like the first. And you week can of binge August. watch it when we come home. It'll be great. All right. Well, thank you for writing, Lane. Now we've got Joe Cooley. Why don't you read Joe Cooley's? All right. So Joe said, says, "Hi, Phil and Janelle. I've been busy recently and have been playing catch up with podcasts this week. This Here- is probably like three weeks or four weeks ago." <laughs> Here are some thoughts I had while listening to your last few episodes. You were recently talking about the first concerts you attended. Mine was Sting on the Soul Cages tour in September 1991. Squeeze was the opening act. Sting was the lead singer of The Police. I totally didn't know that. JK. Phil likes to say that. Um, I was nine years old and I went with my dad. My dad asked me at the last minute if I wanted to go with him. I think he was supposed to go with someone else, and they dropped out at the last minute. It was an outdoor venue, and it was raining slightly. I remember having fun, but being very tired by the time Sting took the stage. (laughs) That's a great, like, kid memory. It so is. I felt like, I feel like a lot of my kid memories are like, when are you going to bring me home? Yeah. Like, I... I'm done. <laughs> Come on. Um, I remember dozing off in my seat at a certain point, and we ended up leaving <laughs> early. Thinking back on it now, I kind of feel bad for my dad because he didn't get to see the entire show. <laughs> but hey, maybe he shouldn't have taken a nine-year-old to a concert in the rain on a school night. Also, this was before I started playing drums, so I didn't realize I was sleeping through watching the incredible Vinnie Kaleida on drum drums. Karma on me. So if you could go back in time, would you have maybe stayed up uh, awake <laughs> yeah, a little bit for maybe it? T- maybe drank a Red Bull or something. Or dozed off during Squeeze? Yeah. <laughs> Not that uh, nothing you can squeeze, but you know. It said you guys were also recently talking about Vanilla Ice and how he ripped off Queen's bass line from Under Pressure for his song Ice Ice Baby. We've all seen the ridiculous footage of him explaining how they are actually different. And though they are very simile- similar, they are, in fact, different. This is from a drummer, this so he is. does know. He did add one-eighth note to each member measure of the bass line. I'd like you to perform this part here, because he wrote <laughs> it out um, for it, and this is going to be good. Here, Janelle, do this. Okay. In rhythm ease, under pressure's bass line goes one and two and a three and... One and two and a three and one and two and a three and one and two and a three and. It's pretty good. Okay, and then Ice Ice Baby goes one and two and a three and and one and a two and a three and and one and a two and a three and and one two and a three and and. It's pretty good. It still sounds the same to me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that makes any sense in a text form, but hopefully the different com- difference comes across with my performing. Yeah, I'm sure I think it you did. performed that, you know, admirably. 
Also, I'm not a vanilla ice apologist. I'm just stating that there technically is one eighth and eighth notes difference. Okay. And you're always saying, I mean, there's only so many notes. Well, there are. I mean, obviously, there's a. It, it is entirely possible for two people to come up with two very similar things independently of each other. Yeah. It's also very possible that they really liked that old Queen song that David Bowie performed on and said, oh, I'm going to do that and add an eighth <laughs> note to it. Right. <laughs> and have a huge hit. I don't know. I don't know how it went down, but it's a good song. Yeah. Both of them are, actually. Yeah. Um, Moolala. Oh, I didn't. I didn't ever give the final totals, did I? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I can't, I can't, can't remember. remember. But There's kind I of mean, a rush before vacation. I, I deposited almost $400 into our checking account. Sweet. So it was my biggest haul ever. But, and um, I made like over 100 and almost 130 from the uh, comic yeah, convention I went and sold stuff. Yeah, you your best ever, too. Yeah, that's pretty so good. So it's good. He says, we don't have a moolah where I live, but our church does have a big consignment sale for kids' clothes twice a year. My wife always consigns our kids' clothes, and I can't stand it. Oh, it's like a husband thing. It is. I was talking to a a friend at work who also moolahs. Yeah. And her husband hates it, too. It's it's emotionally draining. I appreciate the outcome (laughs) in the end. The money was nice to have. We for would our not vacation. have been able to afford our trip without that extra three hundred ninety dollars. It's still a painful and drawn out scenario. Think about New York Chinese food. I know lifts, subway rides. I know it was great. Um, Vermont cheese. So jo- Vermont cheese. So Joe says we have to get both kids to try on all their clothes to see what no longer fits, which is a pain. Yeah, I do that. Yep. Then we have to hang and tag everything we are consigning, which always takes two... It takes days. Days to prepare. Um, I highly recommend buying a tagging gun. It's 10 bucks on Amazon, and it includes the tags. I, like, from compared to when I tagged them by using um, safety, safety pins, pins I, tag, I can tag, like, 100 garments in, like... 10 minutes. Yeah. So get that. It's worth the 10 bucks. I know it's a little bit of investment, but I've bought one and I've used them through through three sales and I still have a bunch of tags left. Um, we Then we have to hang and tag everything we are consigning, which always takes days to prepare. I do hate that part. There are piles of kids' clothes and wire hangers all over the house for days. We still have ours around yeah. the house. It's a huge hassle, but my wife does manage to replace the kid's entire wardrobe twice a year for a very reasonable price, so I guess it's a necessary evil. I, it's a genius business model. It is, and I, I, I echo exactly what Joe has to say. I, I feel I, like I, you're the same person. It is. like I if, if I had written this, maybe I am Joe secretly writing to our, <laughs> our mail so it your sounds Joe. like that we have a listener named Joe. Uh, no, I mean, I completely agree. I knew it's, his name was too cool to be true. Yeah, I just, it, that is a name I would make up, right? <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Cooley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm real, I'm real. Um, no, I, I, but I completely agree because people spend so much money on kids' clothes and it's amazing that, because they go through it so fast. Yeah. Because they grow so quickly and it's crazy. And so the fact that you spent, what, like a hundred bucks or something back out of it? Um... 
How much I did you spend this year? spent less than a hundred bucks. Yeah. I spent like ninety six dollars. And they've got you know, I mean, and like we're ta- we're talking like winter coats, yeah, shoes, like so many, so many clothes, like a whole. But because it's this curated thing, it's all good quality and, and it's it's, good con- it's in good condition. It's like I I get when I bring our friend um, Kristen, she knows designer labels. Like no other, yeah. Like no other woman I've ever seen. Like, and she'll be like, "This is high end. This is high end." And I would never buy my kids designer clothes in a million years. But if I'm paying two bucks, why not? Okay, yeah. because it does last longer. It's higher quality stuff. It's made longer. It's not like I'm buying, you know, stuff from a cheap store that's gonna fall apart. So it's great. I mean, once it's just like Joe said, it's a necessary evil. So they do have like consignment events like that everywhere. Like, so yeah, it's a it, they're all find your ones. Moolala happens to be the one around our area. I know, I know the um, the person who owns it. I taught her kid, so. She's just very clever and an amazing woman, and I think the Moolala thing is just the most genius, catchy name. Yeah. Oh, and, and everyone makes a Moolala. And everyone in town knows. Like, oh, you do Moolala? You do Moolala? Yeah. Like everyone just knows. Well, and I always get like tickets because you get private tickets to their private event to if go you're shopping, like before it starts, and everybody's like, oh. Can I, you know, can I come with you? Give me you an Amulala ticket. So, like, I never go without a full load yeah. of girls. So, finally, um, I wanted to congratulate you guys on 50 episodes. Thank you. There's no need to send me a sticker, though. I appreciate the author, but I'm just not in a place where I need <laughs> stickers in my life anymore. Okay. My kids have put stickers on every surface in the house, so I simply don't need one more. In fact, as I get older, I find that I want less and less stuff cluttering up my house. Now, this is not like you. No, this is where... <laughs> This is how you know that Joe is a real person and not my alter ego. (laughs) Um, And so he doesn't want stuff cluttering up my house and my life. Which reminds me, Phil, why in the world do you want... That crispy shrimp taco poster. If you are just going to put it in the garage, what's the point of having it? Aren't your memories of the crispy shrimp tacos enough? Oh, Joe. I just... So much resonates in my soul with you right now. Because I can prove my loyalty to the crispy shrimp taco. I don't know, because it's cool. Because the guy offered it. And what am I going to do? Insult him by not taking his crispy shrimp taco sign? Um, Plus, it'll make for a cool picture on Facebook. The other day, we went in and he... We were talking to the manager, and he's all, hey, the district manager's out there right now. Yeah, you should go talk to him about crispy shrimp tacos. So Phil went out there... And talk to the district manager. He's also, so hey, um, I just want to know how long are the crispy shrimp tacos going to be here? And he's like, uh, I think like three more weeks. And Phil's like, crispy shrimp tacos are the best thing in the world. And the guy's like, the district manager's like, 
is this guy for real? And and like one of the employees was sitting across. Yeah, he's like, oh, hey, Phil. Oh, I'm glad you guys yeah, had a trip. He, he like interrupted his employee evaluation. <laughs> And yeah. he's like, he's like, oh yeah, you guys back from New York? Like, yeah, how was it? And Phil goes, see, everybody knows me. That's how often I come to get crispy <laughs> shrimp tacos. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. Well, I think if anything, it helped the guy who was being like reviewed because I was he like, oh, hey, the- see? And he's like, he's like, hey, Phil, oh, yeah, how was your trips? I'm like, see, everybody knows me here. So he was a good, he a good customer service. Yeah. And I said, if you have any, like, say in, like, in any way, shape, or form to keep Crispy Shrimp Tacos coming back, please let everyone know that I will personally, all, like, fund the thing. We've come about 15 times since you started having Crispy Shrimp Tacos again. So, yeah, it, it was... It was pretty funny. It was like meeting, you know, like a celebrity. So, how could he not take his poster? I know. After all that... <laughs> And Vince, his name's Vince, nice guy. We were on a first name basis with our uh, <laughs> local Rubio's manager. And uh, yeah, he's like, oh, hey, Phil, how's it going? How's the tacos? And I, I do them Phil's way, too. I don't know if yeah. I've mentioned this, but the the new version that they have of them, they have they different it sauces. They the old way. But I figured out, we got them through a process of elimination. You know, I got them it the way like they the served them. It was or fifth time. And they have two sauces they put on. There's like a, a kind of reddish sauce and a greenish sauce that they put on them now. And so first I asked for it without the reddish sauce. And then I asked for it. Well, first I got it like it was. Then I asked for it without reddish. Then I asked for it without greenish. Then I asked for it with no sauce. And then I got it with none of those sauces. But I had them add the white sauce that they put on the fish tacos. And that's it. That's how it used to be. So now I told him, like, you can just put it in the cash register as Phil's way. And that way I don't have to, like, explain it every time. I don't know if he's going to do that or not. Oh, because I also get them on flour tortillas where they come standard on I'm corn. sure they're going to put Phil's way into the cash register. They might. Vince thought, you know, he laughed at it like it was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, he did. So that's why I want the Crispy Shrimp Taco poster. Because I love them that much. I'm going to tag at Rubio's in my Instagram post and tell them this is just one big commercial for Christmas yeah. Shroom Tacos. Plus, okay, so you may have noticed, I don't know if you're looking on social media or I don't know where these things pop up, but Janelle started making little picture things for each episode mm-hmm. where it says like the episode number and it says our the name and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been, you know, I put them on the social media posts. I, I attach it to the actual post on our website. I don't know if that comes in an iTunes. I haven't like looked. I don't know if you can see that elsewhere. But anyway, if nothing else, I need that poster so that you have a good picture to use for the episode when that comes out. Yeah. So there you go. It's all for that. He found his reason, and yep. he can find a reason to keep anything. Oh yes, I can. There's there's a lot. So all right, moving on. Oh, he says, "Keep up the good work, guys." Joe Cooley. Thank you for writing, Joe. Um. We had a couple other uh, different ones here. One I wanted to just address. Brian Jessness has been posting in the um, the Mandarin Orange Show group. Mm-hmm. And he is, we had talked about, you know, I wanted to do a road trip maybe around Lake Erie or one of the other Great Lakes. And he has been campaigning pretty hard for us to do the drive <laughs> around Lake Superior as opposed to the others. Now, he's posted, like, a few different things, but mm-hmm. he mentioned that at some point he's going to write and give us, like, his pitch. I, I, I'm requesting here, Brian, if you get a chance, it doesn't have to be, like, super in-depth, but but maybe write out 
What is it that makes you so passionate about us? Other than the fact that it's called Superior, and therefore it must be better, why do you want us to drive around Lake Superior so much more than the other Great Lakes? Uh, right. And I'm not saying I don't want to, but I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear your pitch. So Which if you get lake chance, is Lake Superior? It's the biggest one. Oh. Well, we love going around the biggest things. True, but, you know, it also means a lot more driving. Yeah. Part of the reason also that I wanted to do uh, Lake Erie is it's, that's the one that's over by... Uh, um, Niagara Falls. Yes, and where the Marmaduke brick from Radio Breno Man will be. All right. So, you know, there's some there's some stuff there, um, but I'm definitely We're open. willing to hear your pitch. And Michigan, it's got to touch Lake Michigan, or at least while we're up there, because that's one of the only four states left that I have not visited. Only four. After Isn't it this, broken up into two parts? There's two parts, yeah. But by driving around, uh, maybe it's Lake Ontario. I don't know. I'm not looking at a map. So, But there's another lake that you can drive around. Um, actually, two different sides, and then you can hit both parts of it there, you know? But it is... We have seen a Great Lake. We have? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. In from, Chicago. Uh, from Chicago. Right. What lake was that? What is that? I think that's Lake Ontario, but... Lake Chicago? Man, now, now I'm going to cheat and look at Google here. Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario. Oh, no, I'm wrong there. Oh, no, that's Lake Ontario. It's Lake Michigan. All right, so I cheated. I looked it up here. So Lake Ontario, I'm, oops, I messed up there, is the one that's over by Niagara Falls. Uh, Lake Erie is actually the other part, of, one that touches the other part of New York there. Either one of those would put us by, or at least close enough to the, the Marmaduke one, but Ontario's the one by um, Niagara Falls. And then the one over by Illinois that we saw when we were in Chicago is Lake Michigan. Right. So, but either if you drove around Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, or Lake Superior, you'd be touching both parts of Michigan. It, you know, depending on which way all three of those we touch so there. close to Michigan. Why didn't we just go? Um, because we <laughs> were driving hundreds of miles the other way. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I, I'm definitely interested in your, uh, in your take. Part of the reason also for doing one of the other Great Lakes is it hits some states that Janelle and the kids have not been to. For instance, if we went around Lake Michigan, Janelle would be hitting Indiana. Haven't been there. Wisconsin. Haven't been there. And Michigan that she hadn't been to. Um, however, you guys have not been to Minnesota. Haven't so been going there. around Lake Superior would hit Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. You know. You got Ohio over here in Indiana, which you haven't been to. But I haven't been to Quebec or Ontario. Sure, you got the Canadian provinces to consider. There's a lot of factors. So, I don't know. Let us know, Brian. Uh, You can do it in the group, or you can send us an email, or whatever. But I do want to hear your your logic and reasoning there, because I'm always up for a good uh, vacation drive. So, since uh, you're talking about maps, I have a quick story. Okay. Um, this last week, um, my principal let us know through email that the new board member that was voted in was going to walk through the rooms at 10 o'clock. And I have the room right next to the office, so I can always guarantee I'm first. Well, I promptly forgot about that. Okay. And I have a student teacher right now, and she does most of the morning And so the first time I get to 
teach is about 10 o'clock. Right. Um, and I had not told him about my trip yet. The kids? <laughs> yes. So I didn't hear the story, by the way. I've not, not heard this. So um, the kids are like, Mrs. Vecchio, tell us about your trip. I'm like, okay, okay. So... Luckily, when the board member walked in with my boss, I was showing him a Google map of where we flew into. I said, here we are. I always go, here we are in California, Redlands. And then I zoom out and I told him, show him, you know, the plane route right. that we fly across. I, and when she walked in, I said, we, we flew into New York City. And then I, like, mapped out a route. And we went through this state and this state and this state. And I, like, smiled at them and kept teaching, because that's what we're supposed to do. Um, they went and, like, talked to my student teacher, Ashley, okay. in the back. And then, um, luckily, they left the room when the kids said, Mrs. Vecchio, you said you were going to show us pictures. <laughs> so then I gave them a little slideshow. I mean, you're allowed to do stuff like that, but I know that that's not what you want to show off. It's not the most rigorous thing for a board member. <laughs> to be seeing I mean if she would have walked in like 30 seconds before we were doing a um, a thinking map it's called a thinking map about courage and the kids had just think paired shared what it means to be courageous and they had brainstormed all these like amazing things they were coming up with because they're actually going to write a story about a time they had to show courage so you know you got to get to get kids of this age to really, like, dig deep in their writing, you've got to do a lot of, like, pre-teaching, a lot of pre, like... So that's, like, what we are doing 30 seconds before, yeah. and I'm like, okay, before you start on that... <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to hurt. I mean, our kids have a pretty awesome grasp on geography just because of how often we do talk about maps with them, and a lot of kids don't have that, so... I don't. I'm the only one, like... I'm the only one that has shown them a map. They that's don't what I'm get saying. It. They don't, like, get how far away places are. So that's why when that kid during Lunch Bunch, so Phil comes that same day to do Lunch Bunch and says that he went to New York during spring break and said every detail, it was because I told them. I know. I'm like, details. wow, that's crazy. That's exactly what we did. And, and afterwards, it, <laughs> I was like, he didn't go to New York. I'm like, what do you mean? He's... Talked about the boat, the plane flight, and they took a boat out to the Statue of Liberty. I'm like, that's all the stuff we did. And she's like, yeah, because I just told him that. I'm like, well, that kid's a good liar then, because I totally bought it. Because you're like, what was inside the Statue of Liberty? He's yeah. like, a spiral staircase. I'm, I'm like, like oh, okay. I just showed him a picture well, of that. But to me, I'm like, oh, I guess he definitely went in there, because how would he have known that otherwise? Because most people don't know necessarily there's a spiral staircase in there. So, so you got anyway, a good liar on your hands. I, uh, I think that if I were questioned on that, which my boss never questions me because she trusts me and she knows right. I'm doing a good job. But I just thought it was like, oh, it was very like Clark Griswold of me to be <laughs> doing showing a your vacation pictures. I'm just but, saying, though, and I realize, like, there are certain things you're expected to do as a teacher, but having exposure is why we do so much with our kids in that way, that having exposure to mm -hmm. real world and making those connections between, like, 
you know, you've heard New York, but look, here's how, where we went to. This is what it looks like. This is how long it took to well, get there. Well, they said, how did you go to, they were like, how did you go to that many states? Right, because we went to eight states on the trip. such a quick time. And so I showed them this, you know, the square, the area squared of, like, California, where we live in our state, and how you could fit, <laughs> like... Right. Those states inside our state. Right. That our county so we live in of San mm-hmm. Bernardino is larger than Rhode Island. Right. Which and is they don't the- have anybody talking about that stuff. Right. And they're always excited. They always ask me if I'm rich because I always go places. And it's funny because in the book I'm reading them, like I always read aloud like a little book at the end of the day. They said that the character knew that the other kid was rich because he went to the Caribbean, um, he went on a cruise, and he went to Europe all in one year. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, in worldwide perspective, you know, everyone in America is richer than, like, whatever percentage of the world. Right. And we definitely are very much in the middle class category, but we also are extremely thrifty. We're li- Yeah, we're-, we're talking about buying our kids used... Clothes right. Well, and, and we're sitting selling on a, their used clothes to make money to buy the used clothes. We're currently sitting on a couch that we got used uh, ten years ago. I'm looking at the wood paneling from the '70s in our living room. You right never now. noticed the wood paneling. I know you were pointing that out, I and told I told you I want to paint it. I didn't it even know we had wood paneling. Really nice. I'm not very observant about. Remember that kind of thing. in Maine? I told yeah, you I, I want to make our room look like the one in Maine. But we probably won't, because we want to spend more money yeah, on Yeah, you want to buy paints, or do you want to go out to a cool place when we're on vacation? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not like, this is not a whining, like, oh, we're not, we're not rich, but it, 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 it it's very much about priorities, about what you choose to spend your money on, and if buying new clothes and new furniture is what you're into, that's cool. I'd rather sit on old couches that are falling apart and get to go on a trip somewhere. But it helps... Me and my like it helps me in my job. It helps me to communicate, and I know like it seems like oh she's just showing picture picture. If you're just meeting me, it just looks like I'm showing pictures of my vacation, but I actually am teaching the kids about. But, but see, that's the thing too. Like I remember, I I did well. Ooh, it's really blowing yeah. out there. Got some a big storm <laughs> brewing there. It came up on our cell phone. I always did very well, you know, in school. Um, obviously, if you've heard Janelle brag about me, embarrassingly, fifteen sixty here. I did. I I did was straight A's. But if you were to ask me all, all the way through school, it was my least favorite subject. It was always history, because it was always presented in such a boring way. You'd read about it in these dry textbooks. And I absolutely love history now. Like, if we watch a movie that's even remotely based on a real thing, Mm -hmm. I will devour every single bit of information about that era and everything that went on behind it. You know, I love history. I love, you know, stories that are set in history. And But it just did not connect with me. And I remember the teacher that finally, like, got it for me, that made me interested. It was my, uh, I, I was in seventh or, yeah, seventh grade. And it was, like, a world history class. And it was Mrs. Graff. And um, who I'm still friends with her kids, and um, have actually interviewed uh, her daughter, who's mm-hmm. a published author on one show, and her son, who is a, a video game writer on a different show that I did. So but it's it, like anyway, but but for the history part, right? She would show us like, okay, this is my story of when I visited this country, mm-hmm. and here's the pictures of when I was there, and so all of a sudden we're like. Oh, this is like a real real place. And then she would talk, oh, here's a picture of these ruins, and now let's talk about the history there. And, like, 
all of a sudden I'm like, oh, this is actually cool. Like, this is stuff that happened and I can see. And it just, it was never presented that way in school. So. But bumping into, like, her kids are successful. Yeah. Because she provided those experiences exactly. for them. So it's a trickle-down effect. It's not worthless. Because this video just came, I saw, on, like, going, being shared about this rich guy who said, you know, millennials, stop wasting your money on traveling. You need to start working hard now and save money, you know, because I didn't waste money on travel in my 20s. I have, I own my own jet. And I'm like, barf. gross. Like, life isn't all about money. You should stop wasting your time watching those dumb videos <laughs> on social media. Somebody posted it in my, like, travel blogger group, and there was a big old discussion going on about it. That's just someone trolling to try to get clicks on their video. <laughs> that the, whoever said that, whoever owns that jet did not write and make a YouTube video. Like, I could go on and say I go own a jet, too. Did it show him, like, on his private jet flying around in the video? No, but it was, like, a guy you would know of. Who? I don't know. A guy who makes videos saying he owns jets? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that guy. All right. Um, well, anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's move on. We got just a couple more little things here. All right. So I got a Facebook message from Kelsey. Who's um, written in. Who's written in. Um, but she says, hi again. This is not podcast related, but your MVP post. My vacation pants. Just made me think that I should send this to you. I have a spreadsheet of a bunch of escape rooms that I've done or looked into or or heard about. Most are in the or Orange County based, but I've given this spreadsheet to like 10 people and you might get a kick out of it. So she like I look up the spreadsheet. She did say it's not podcast related, but you're just making it. Well, I wrote her and I said, well, it is podcast related because we okay, talked about room the escapes. Okay. And I said, my vacation pants, my newest post is about local escape rooms that I've tried, that I've done. And this thing is... It's the most detailed uh, spreadsheet out there. So she just has a list of ones she's heard about, known about. It says if there's like a Groupon or discount code. It says if... um, you know, like, if she did make it, if she did try the room, it'll say, like, oh, they were, like, a little annoying with the clues. Like, we didn't ask for them, but they kept saying them over a loudspeaker. I loved it. It was, like, just perfectly organized, wonderful, more, more than I could ever do because I don't know how to use Excel spreadsheet. I, I don't, for some reason, that's my one thing that, I can't do. That's your do, blind but, spot. But um, I really appreciated it. Well, and if you want to hear more from Kelsey, you can hear her on Talk 30 Rock to me, her podcast about 30 Rock. And we got to go to 30 Rock. Yeah, we got pictures at 30 Rock in New York. I mean, I think we mentioned it before, but like all the spots where they show in the opening sequence. Yeah. We talked about so, it, but um, it's amazing. Maybe Kelsey will have to have us on her show to, like, talk about our 30 Rock experience. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, throwing it out there. Let's do a little cross-promo here. All right, and finally, we got a comment on um, an actual episode on our website. And Janelle said we should read it. Um, and it's from Kathy, 
Um, mom, aka mom. Your Disneyland mom. She was my Disneyland mom when I worked at Disneyland, and I didn't even know she listened to the show. So. Yeah, it's very cool. Love you, mom. And she said, really enjoyed this episode. It was the one with the cute kids, with yeah. our kids on it, so... Uh, thanks for sharing. Loved hearing the kiddos talk about the places they have been. They have the best mommy and daddy. Love you all. Aww. So sweet. And I will have you know that Kathy introduced me to your favorite Bath and Body Works lotion that I wear. That's right. That my, your, my favorite scent that you wear. That I've ever worn. Wow. What a what an odd connection there. <laughs> Lemongrass. Yeah discontinued why do they take away everything i love and so lemongrass crispy shrimp tacos Kathy gave me a bunch of lemongrass and then um at audrey's like second birthday party she like had saved one (laughs) and she gave it to me and so i have like this hoarded stockpile pile so that i can always have lemongrass smell just in case just in case so well thank you guys all so much for writing um thank you for your patience with us getting them out to you our next episode will be a return to us we're going to talk about the rest of our uh trip and all of our other things our normal seggies back to your regularly scheduled programming uh but again if you guys would like to write to us mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com or you can do our contact form at mandarinorangeshow.com make sure you check out myvacationpants.com Join us on our Facebook group, Mandarin Orange Show with the group. And I think we had one new person join this week, so that's good. Keep trickling in there. Yeah. We'll post more good stuff. And uh, anything else you wanted to plug there, Miss Janelle? Um, Miss Bonell? My most recent um, blog post, as you said, is about Southern California escape rooms. And I did say, if you make a comment on my blog about... A room escape in California that you have tried. Um, the My Vacation Pants family will try to get out there and try it. Yeah. Add it to the list. And if so. you want to visit Mountain Room Escapes, you can use the code Mandarian. Mountain Room Escapes of Big Bear, California. And uh, you'll get a discount on your tickets there. And it is the largest discount code out there. That's right. So, so do, it. do it. And thank you guys for listening. And hope you guys have a great time with your week and all that stuff. Or your night. Or your day, as our kids say. (laughs) Gosh, I love them. They're so cute. (laughs) All right, well, with that, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. So, for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Janelle. And we talk so you don't have to. podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.